Initiate startup process. Now, all the way live. Hey, yo, <laughs> y'all know what this is. Jamming the most hip-hop and R&B. I want to introduce to y'all. Infamous. Call your friends and tell them it's going down now. It's going down. You understand that? It's It's live. Let's go. In five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the interactive edition of the Infamous Hour. I am your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Special shout out to the people of Boom Bap Nation of tuning into the Infamous Hour. And as you saw, we actually have a new program called Boom Bap Nation Radio, airing on uh, Live 89 FM uh, Monday through Friday. Um, not, I'm sorry, Monday through Thursday, um, 10 p.m. No, uh, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Live 89 FM. Uh, usually, we come here on the Infamous Hour and um, we, we try to bring you know different topics and different subjects. To, to to the audience uh, in this time of need where we all need something positive. Um, but today, in my opinion, was just an absolutely chaotic day. And it makes me personally question, as I'm sure many Americans, uh, what type of country do we live in? Um, I think it also questions our principles and what we've believed to be the most powerful country in the world to see so much disorganization amongst our leaders um, is is concerning. So I'm, I'm naming this particular episode American Crisis, uh, and we're going to talk about the current quarantine rollout program. And one of your thoughts, 646-349-5446. Um, on, my, on my right side is my lovely co-host, Miss um, Gadadam in the building. How are we, Miss Gadadam? Yes, Miss Gadadam in the building. Um, very interesting day uh, in America. Uh, right now, we're live on the Scratch Masters page. I'm going to share it to my personal page, and I'm also going to share it to the Infamous Hour page. Um, very first thing that happened this week was the stimulus check that, that came out to Americans. Um, if you paid taxes, you received a deposit of $1,200, and if you had children, um, it was $500 per kid. Um, Ms. Adam, stimulus, your, your thoughts on the stimulus check that we got? I got that check, check. No, no, serious thoughts. Like, what is the serious thoughts on the stimulus check um, as far as America, what it means for you as a tax-paying citizen, and how it affects your family? What it means, well, my opinion, what it means for me is that, guess what? We're going to have to pay that back in the long run. Mm -hmm. We're getting it now. You know, to me, it was like like a little bit for little political thing going on mm-hmm. to give out money while this is happening. But guess what? We're all going to pay back for it later in our taxes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I kind of feel like it's going to be a situation where in the long run, they'll be, um, you know, trying to get this get, get this money back. Um, a very interesting story that happened this week, if you watch watching CNN or watching the news, um, there was a man in Arizona, and I have to say here in the infamous hour, he is a complete fucking idiot. <laughs> Your stimulus check is $1,200. He goes to pull out $200 from his bank account, and he has $8.2 million fucking dollars. And this <laughs> fucking idiot. Ms. Gadam, do you know where he was from? Where, where was he from? It, I, it had to be one of those potatoes. He states. was from fucking Idaho or some shit. Cause yeah, because only, the, only they do something like that. I don't know why the fuck you're a dumbass nigga, and you would go and call your fucking bank and tell your bank that you have $8.2 million in your fucking account, and, and they go take your fucking money back. Let that happen to us. If I fucking get a a, 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 a fucking $8.2 million stimulus check, you know what I'm doing? Cash app in that motherfucker. <laughs> everywhere. Cash app everywhere. You know, you know, you know, you know what we did today? We, we, we were calculating if we got this amount of money, how much could we cash app to our friends and family? At one time. And between all of us that live in this house, we had like nine, ten people, and I would at least got like $1.2 million out of there before that goddamn bank took it. 
Yeah, but you know the IRS will come for that money afterwards. It is my personal property. It's in my account, and it's not my fucking problem that you sent me $8.2 million. There's no fucking way on God's green earth that I'm calling anybody to give you that money back. Yes, that happened. That absolutely happened. That it, it, Where was he from? Arizona? I think it was from, like, Idaho or some shit. Uh, like, like, he called his bank and was like, oh, this is a mistake. This man... Works. He, first of all, first of all, he lives under the poverty line. Um, he lives in like Arizona, Idaho. He went to pull out two hundred dollars to go food shopping, and when he went to pull out two hundred dollars, he had eight point two million dollars in his account that he got from the government. And the stu- so so he he looks at it one time. He he's fucking confused. He looked at it again. He goes back in, sees that it's eight point two million dollars, and he adequately does what every fucking asshole in America does. Not every asshole. Calls the fucking bank. Why do I have $8.2 million? Who gives a fuck? Pull that fucking money out. Go fucking cash up every fucking person you know. Open a bank Take out. it out before they catch on. <laughs> it is in your account now. This is your money. The call the number right now is 646-349-5446. Uh, this is the infamous hour. The infamous hour of the day is Miss Get Adam. Uh, we're talking about um, the, the stimulus check. We're talking about America in crisis. And we're actually going to get into this this rollout plan. Now, Miss Get Adam, you are an essential worker. And you have to go back into the work field. Comfortability. How we how are we looking at this? Um, obviously, you, we, we have children here. Um, we live far from New York. I mean, what are your thoughts? It's on this? not comfortable, especially me working in the health field. It is. It does not look comfortable. You know, I work in a hospital. It looks like a war ground that we're walking into. It yes. looks like it looks crazy. You walked in there yes. with me. Um, basically, it's it's really scary. You know, yeah, and I just feel bad for the nurses, the doctors. You know that they, you know, actually we signed up for this, so you yeah. have to go and actually take care of these patients. Yeah, you know, but it is a scary situation to come back home and you don't even know what you're bringing back home, or you don't even know if you're gonna catch it. Yeah, you know, but we gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah, if we have any essential workers watching right now, uh, please call in six four six three four nine five four four six. We walked into the hospital this week, and if you ever played Resident Evil, the video game, it, it looked, looked like an apocalyptic scene from Resident Evil where they built a makeshift hospital in the lobby. In the lobby of entrance. The fucking hospital. Beds everywhere. Uh my, my, my lovely wife here has a certain coworker. I don't want to say names and stuff like that, but you know, this guy is walking around the fucking building. He knows where the bodies are. He knows what where, where the crackheads stay at. He knows where everything is and he obviously he knows where the fuck the COVID nineteen is. And as he was walking in and out the room, I felt myself getting a makeshift fever. Thinking about all the fucking germs <laughs> that this man is spreading. He did uh, have his na- I-95, uh, man, the N95, man. I-95, N95. N95. N95 is for no 95, my nigga. Stay in one fucking place. Stay in the 95 North. We, we go downstairs to get something to eat. This nigga's talking to the doctor. We go upstairs to get something to eat. He's talking to the corridor. <laughs> we go to the corner store. He's talking to the crackhead. <laughs> This is the guy that you're going to end up with fucking He's COVID fucking. No, you're going to come home with COVID fucking 19. And I'm going to go and put a size 19 sneaker right in his fucking ass. He but is the porter. This is not okay. This is not the time to be in everybody's business. It's a pandemic. It's COVID 19. You got a stimulus you check. Know, you know you always have that one nosy person at work. No, absolutely they, not. They know all the business. This nigga right here. Absolutely not. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, the number is 646-349-5446 if you want to call in. Uh, we're talking about the current um, stimulus check. We're talking about um, the, the, the rollout plan, which are, which they have laid out. Uh, certain states will be opening up soon. And we were discussing the guy that got $8.2 million. If anyone is a essential worker, we definitely want to hear from you. We want to hear your experiences. Um, and uh, so you work in the medical field, uh, Ms. Adam. Obviously, um, being in the medical field is something that is a that is a set career, but no one can plan for this type of situation. And I know it must be scary. Of course, nobody can plan it. You don't know what's next. We don't know how long we're going to be in this. We don't know if we're still going to have a job at the end, mm-hmm. if they're going to be able to pay us. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know a lot of things. We don't know if we're going to be like this for the next 18 months. We're going to be wearing masks for a very long time, people. Yeah, I, I I'm not really too sure. If anyone um has some ideas on how long you think we're gonna be out, is uh six four six three four nine five four four six. I was talking to my good friend who owns a uh a company called InfoMinds and um he painted this thing in perspective for me because in New York in the colder um climate areas, we're we're basically banking on the fact that it's gonna get hot and viruses cannot survive in hot weather. We but, hope so. but in Miami, where it was ninety one degrees yesterday and people are still dying. Right and 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 they haven't hit their peak yet. So, uh, Miss Gadam, in your opinion, I mean, where, where is this going exactly? Is it going to be the summer, winter? Are we ever going to be able to go outside again? We're not going outside until a vaccine is developed, and we already know a vaccine is not going to develop to eighteen to twenty four months. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They don't know. They're still trying to figure out this COVID nineteen situation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still people dying. There's people that get symptoms that's asymptomatic. They don't get any symptoms, but they could carry it and pass it on to somebody else. That's the most scary part. You know, that's the most scary. There's asymptomatic people, which means that you can just carry the disease, not have any symptoms, feel good. You go home, you pass it on to somebody else, and that person gets sick and they have symptoms. So you could just walk around with it. You know, and not know that you're passing it. So, 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 so to be clear, um, so someone could actually contract COVID nineteen, the coronavirus, and not but essentially symptoms. not get sick at all. Have no. Now, symptoms. how is this possible exactly? How can we can uh, contract the virus and basically because pass it on to people? You know, your immune system. You have a that's if you have a strong immune system, your immune system fights it off. You ever feel like maybe one day you feel like a little warm at night, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a little warm, but then the next day you're all right. Yeah. You, it's a virus that was in you, but it, your system fought it, and you know, then you're good the next day. That's yeah. exactly what can happen with the COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. except for the fact that you carry this virus for they assume two weeks, like fourteen days yeah. or sixteen days, whatever it is. Yeah. So, so we're basically not sure. Um, They're not sure. So, so we're not sure. Um, all my people in New York City, I, I kind of want to know how people are handling New York City. Um, if you watch the news, New York City looks like an apocalyptic environment. I'm sure that the news is portraying it in a way that it may or may not be. We kind of want to hear from people in New York City. Um, so, Miss Get Adam, uh, quickly. So, uh, we, we have this rollout plan. That, that that our president um, has um, laid out, and we want to go through some points of this uh, rollout plan. Is that what we're going to do first, or are we going to do the stimulus check, or where are we exactly? Well, you you already spoke about the stimulus All check. Right. We already know people got their money. Some people didn't get their money. Mm-hmm. You so, know, I feel sorry for those. Who, who, who didn't get their money exactly? So apparently, stimulus checks were rolled out. All direct deposit ones were sent out, and a lot of people's money was deposited in the wrong accounts, mm. which is how that $8 million probably happened. I needed it to happen to me. Yeah. But um, a lot of people didn't get their money. So now they're fighting to see. Imagine that. Now they, they, these people are waiting. There's people waiting on this money to actually pay bills because they don't have a job right now. Mm-hmm. So imagine that it goes into the wrong account. 
you got to contact IRS for them to try to find this money. And so that means you're not getting your money for another few months. You know, so there's people that that happened to, apparently. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then the only people that were eligible for getting the stimulus check were people that were essentially paying taxes throughout the year, or you had to make a certain amount of money. I believe it was like twelve thousand and twenty four thousand or some shit like that for for married yeah, couples. Yeah, you had to make under a certain amount of money. Um, now, in, in certain areas of the country, uh, more more rural areas of the country, I'm sure this is something you could live on. But you know, we both from New York, even though we don't live in New York City, um, we don't live in New York City anymore. But if we did live in New York City. And you were laid off from your job. How the fuck are you supposed to survive on twelve hundred dollars? And let's be fucking clear, they didn't give us nothing. I this is our fucking month. money. Let's get at them, taxpaying citizen. Everyone watching, taxpaying citizen. This is our money. They didn't give us anything. This is our money that we pumped into the economy that they triple tax us on, and then they're just giving it back to us. Twelve hundred dollars, New York City, high metropolitan area. How do you survive in this when you're out of work? How is there to survive? You, you can't. You can't really survive. You on can't it. survive. You got to call everybody and say I can't pay right now. Yeah, I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. Like and the audacity, and then they're going to say they're going to give us another fucking check. I mean, uh, apparently that's a rumor. They haven't said it all yet, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um. One of the interesting things that we saw on social media today was the exchange between our president and the governor of New York. Oh, that was really good. Uh, uh Miss Gadadam. Um. I know you're a fan of Cuomo. Listen, Cuomo is my president, people. Cuomo is my president. <laughs> um. So I I know you're a fan of Cuomo. So I mean, quickly, I wasn't watching it, but can you give me like the story exactly what happened between Trump and Cuomo today on national television? So apparently, Cuomo. You know, he does his daily briefings, mm. and he gives so much information on his daily briefing. He was on his daily briefing. Apparently, you know, our beautiful president chose this this time while he was giving his briefing to tweet in regards to Cuomo needs to just stop complaining and get to whatever, you know, while he's do- he's tweeting while Cuomo's doing his briefing. Yeah. Cuomo finds finds out this was said while he's doing his briefing. So Cuomo said, apparently, you don't have anything to do because you're watching TV when you should be doing your job. You should be doing your fucking job. You, Let's fucking talk about it. You know, like, do your job. Cuomo. Yeah. And, and, you know, he and as you know, a lot of the states, they still need federal help to be able to get ventilators and, and equipment and all that. So he's like, all we need is ventilators. But apparently, Trump is saying that these Governors need to be more appreciative and need to be thankful. So Cuomo's like, how many times do I got to thank you for doing your job? You know, in his Italian voice. Mm-hmm. Um, w- one of the amazing things that we've seen uh, Cuomo do, um, I think, is the is the exchange between him and his brother, uh, Chris, Chris Cuomo, on... Um, uh, on CNN, they, they have, like, uh, friendly exchanges and, and X, Y, and Z. Um, to me, it's disturbing to see the disorganization of a country that, as Americans, if you were born and raised here in America, you grew up feeling like we lived in the most secure country, un- undefeatable country in the world, and in these last month or so, we it's have like been we shown are third otherwise. World country. We are literally living in a fucking third world country right now. They were not prepared. We were not prepared okay. for this. Serious Third world country. Now, I, I told Miss Get Adam earlier about the H1N1 uh, break. Now, I, I wasn't really into it at that time, but I, we were all basically around um, 
for um, the H1N1 thing, and everything everything wasn't you know shut down. I, nothing was nothing was shut down. Everything was moving the same way accordingly. But for some reason, this whole coronavirus thing um, has shut down. Uh, shout to Elsa. She says uh, Cuomo twenty twenty four. Petra Scott says the orange coronavirus wants everyone to kiss his ass. Patrick O'Leary says I wonder if this dude still sells firecrackers. <laughs> It's Nutcrackers, National Geographic. No, I actually don't sell Nutcrackers no more. I actually work in radio now. Sirius XM, Shade 45, the Lord's here special. Round of applause for that. And I'm hosting this Boom Bat Nation series. Um, kind of feel like, we're, 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 and, and again, this is not the true size. Let's get out of Republican, Democratic. This is not about none of that. It's a neutral side. We're, we're, we're talking neutral. I don't give a fuck what, who you voted for. We need to make things right. And this looks like an absolute fucking shit show. Miss get out of It's a mess. It is a complete it is fucking a mess. fucking mess you have the president you know basically saying whatever the fuck he wants you have governors not sure what the fuck to do doctors don't know what the fuck to do and it's just leaving us in you have that you, you you have the president wanting to open up the states the governors don't want to open it up president say i, I run shit governor say no you don't you know, it, it's this craziness going on right now. Yeah, this is just absolutely a ridiculous situation. Now, the call number is 646-349-5446. Uh, shout out to uh, Patrick Scott. She said, uh, we don't have a president, which is very fucking true. Okay, Ms. Good Adam, uh, earlier today, uh, the White House uh, had the audacity to come on national television and give Americans a rollout plan. Um very confusing rollout plan because in one f- phase they're saying stay home. Now they're saying go out. They're saying this. The, the president say one thing. Governor saying another thing. So quickly, can we go over this um, this uh, three step phase uh, program that we have? Well, the, the apparently rollout? there's three phases rollout plan. You know that they want the states to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and going out right now we're on phase one. Yeah, you know which is what we're doing. We're working from home. A lot of people are working from home. They do not want you to socialize with more, you know, with 10 people or mm-hmm. less, basically. You know, they basically what we're doing right now. Yeah. We're on phase one right now. So so we're on phase one. So a part of phase one is minimize non-essential travel. Um, CDC guidelines regarding isolation following travel. Um, all vulnerable individuals should continue to shelter in place. Members of households with vulnerable, vulnerable residents should be aware that returning to work or other environments while distancing is not practical. Exactly. What we're doing right now. Flattening the curve. Yeah. Flattening the curve. All individuals when in public parks, outdoor areas, shopping areas should maximize physical distance from others. Social settings of more than 10 people where appropriate distancing may not be practical should be avoided unless precautionary measures are observed. Miskit Adam, what the fuck does that mean? That means... Stay your ass home. Okay? That means stay home. Don't get next to people. It's not that time yet. But apparently, in May, we're moving on to phase two. Phase two. So phase two of this program, according to Trump and the government, is? Phase two. Which will be? You want to read it? Go ahead. 
All vulnerable individuals should continue to shelter in place. Members of household with vulnerable residents should be aware that by returning to work or other environments where distancing is not practical, they could carry the virus back home. Precautions should be taken to isolate from vulnerable residents. So essentially you're saying, in other words, it's okay to go back to work, but you're going to go outside... If you work in a place where people are rubbing fucking elbows, which is every fucking job in the goddamn country. If you work, if, if you're an iron worker, you're rubbing elbows. If you work in a hospital, you're rubbing elbows. When you come to Sirius XM, shade 40 fucking five, you're rubbing elbows like this. Miss get out of rub elbows. This is what the fuck you're doing. What job in the country doesn't rub elbows? Oh, I know one. Having an only fucking fans page on fucking Instagram. <laughs> Having a only fucking fans page Instagram is the way that you will not rub elbows in America. Non-essential travel can resume. So basically in phase two, they're saying that we can continue to travel. You can go outside. You can go to work, but you might end up fucking dead from COVID-19. Let's get at them. How do we feel about this? Uh, it's a problem. It's a real big problem. You know, they're going to want, you know, they're basically going to say that you can go outside. You know, your job is going to want you to start going to work. You can go outside, but there's still high risk where we're at. Where how we travel, there's still high risk. But we also know that now uh, in a few states, it's mandated that you have to wear masks to yeah. enter, to shop. The point is, we're going to be living in mass for a yeah. very long time, for, if you want to protect very, for yourself. For a very long time. Uh, we're 21 minutes into this episode of the Infamous Hour. If you haven't subscribed yet, uh, you can subscribe via uh, iHeartRadio. And I just found out, actually, the other day, that iHeartRadio, the Infamous Hour, is, is available in over 120 homes oh, in America. Doing the damn thing. 120 homes in America. Television, if you have your television, you can go to the app. Pull up the Infamous Hour. You can listen to the Infamous Hour Days. And now Miss Get Adam on the Infamous Hour. You can actually check out my Jeezy episode. And I have a lot of dope content uh, coming forward. With 21 minutes left, we have about 40 minutes left. All right, Miss Get Adam, uh, number three phase of this rollout plan by America. Phase three. Well, actually, I see that there's actually like, wait, go up a little bit. Because I see there's like individuals. and em- This for individuals and employers. So they are letting you know as individuals, regular citizens, what you can do. And they're letting your job know what they should do. Okay. Um, basically one and two is like, if you can work from home, work from home. That's what the employers are. Okay. So they're saying if you can't work from home, we go, oh, actually, so wait, we, we actually skipped this whole thing here. Cause they're saying about the, um, and fate, you skipped phase two. You didn't finish. Well, no, well, yeah, the bars and stuff. Um, so, uh, and part of the employers, um, so they're encouraging to telework, which essentially means that you can work from home. Correct. Yes. Um, and close common areas where personnel are likely to congregate and interact or enforce moderate social distancing protocols. So basically, you're saying we can go back to work, but we can't fucking be around each other, correct? Yep, basically. So how the hell, what are we supposed to do exactly? Are we supposed to what? Social distancing. Social fucking distancing. Stand six feet away from me, sir. Yeah. Um, and it also says to strongly consider special accommodations for personnel who are members of a vulnerable population. It means old people, people with asthma. So basically, go back to work, Miss Get Adam. Yes. But they'll put precautions in place that you won't have to stand next to the guy who walks around the whole fucking hospital looking for COVID. That's what they want them to do. Oh, no, of course. Will they really do it? Yeah. 
Um, so, sorry I'm cursing so much. I'm just this has me just completely annoyed. All right, so part of phase two also was um, schools and organized youth um, activities. Uh, visits to senior care facilities and hospitals should be prohibited. Uh, those who do interact with residents and patients must adhere to strict protocols regarding hygiene. Large venues, sit-down dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, places of worship can operate under moderate physical protocols. Elective surgeries can resume, gyms can reopen, and bars may operate with dis- with diminished standing room only. So I want to know how that's going to work. So basically, so we're going to go in a bar, uh, me and 10 of my friends, and what? We have to sit seven chairs down from each other? <laughs> like... How is that going to work? You know, if, if if I go into a fucking bar as a single man and I see a woman, what am I supposed to do exactly? What am I supposed to do? Send her a fucking airdrop of my fucking penis? Like, what am I supposed to do exactly? Let's get at him. I'm going to pre-take a fucking picture of my fucking penis and I'm going to fucking airdrop her in the fucking bar. Right, I'm trying to get the girl a drink. <laughs> I'm trying to get the girl a drink. Which, this has to do a lot with personal choice. You have to be smart and not follow these things. You know there's going to be people carrying that. You know not to go to a bar that's going to have a million freaking people in the bar. Because people's not going to follow this. Mm-hmm. Unless cops are entering every place to, to establish that there's going to be space in between. Yeah. Who's going to follow this? Yeah, that means if you want to get sick, you go. Yeah, this is this is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Ms. Gad, real quick, can we scroll up to phase one real quick? Because I didn't, I didn't get to see the... Um, there's not. Phase one is what we're doing right now. Well, no, we were doing phase two. But a part of phase one, just to go back a little bit. Um, So so in phase one, uh, schools and organized youth activities, close. Mm-hmm. Senior facilities, close. Large venues, close. Elective surgeries, not happening. Gyms can open. Mm-hmm. And bars will remain closed. So uh, in this in this plan, the last things to open is are places where you would be socially interacting with each other. So at the end of the day, God knows when is the light the next time we'll go to a bar, we'll go to a club. But that's what I was asking. My question is, is how long in between is it that you move on to the next phase? I don't think they actually have a clear plan because according to this plan, it's like like three states can begin open up. One is Vermont. And I think the only reason why they're giving Vermont is because Bernie Sanders hopped out the fucking race. Bernie. He's a, he's, he's a, uh, the senator of uh, Vermont that hopped out the Democratic race. And, uh, you know, Republicans say, you know, you can fucking open your state. Go kill everybody. Fuck it. <laughs> you don't yeah, yeah, fuck nobody up there anyway, right? <laughs> Round of applause for that shit. Oh my God! This is the infamous hour. I'm the host of infamous hour. Day is I'm here with the lovely Miss Get Adam with the red ruby rule lipstick. Hey, the signature. Yeah, this, uh, shout out to Artie. Said this world is crazy. He is an essential worker. A round of applause for all the essential workers. All right, phase three, Miss Get Adam. So phase three. So, so let's get to phase three of the, of this genius program by the lovely people that run our country. Um, so in phase three, which whatever, whenever this will happen, vulnerable individuals can resume public interactions, but should practice physical distancing, minimizing exposure to social settings where distancing is not practical unless precaution, precautionary measures are observed. Low risk people should consider minimizing time spent in crowded environments. Mm-hmm. Okay. Resume unrestricted staffing work sites. For all employers. Mm -hmm. So basically, you're saying that we can go outside, Mm -hmm. but we have to practice this social distancing. 
Mm. Right? Mm. So basically, this is the underlining thing of this whole thing is this new idea of social distancing. Mm. Now, Miss Get Adam, I have to say, live here on the Infamous Hour on Facebook, that me and you in the Infamous Mansion have not been practicing social distancing. Round of applause. <laughs> We, we live in the same house. We have not been practicing social distancing, but we encourage all of you to do right. We, we do social distancing with the with the children. Oh, they, yeah. they don't come out. They're teenagers. No, they yeah. social distance no. themselves our, automatically. Our, our fucking children. We're do, good. Don't even like themselves. They don't come outside. They don't want to talk to anybody. They 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 they've been practicing social distance. So, so so we're they're they're so good. Yeah, they're 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 great kids. All right. So another part of phase three is a visit to senior. Uh, Care facilities and hospitals can resume. Large venues such as dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, places of worship can operate under limited physical distancing protocols. Gyms can do the same. And bars may operate with increased standing room only. Now, where actable. What the fuck does that mean exactly? So I go to a fucking bar. First and foremost. You need elbow room. You go no, to bar, you let's need talk elbow about it. room. Your birthday last year. Elbow. And your birthday the year before, I bought you $800 Louboutins. For women who wear Louboutins, those red bottoms are all show. Uh-uh. Because there is nothing comfortable. Also, you got to defend me on about a Louboutin. No, there's nothing comfortable about this. There's not comfortable, but there. You complain about the Louboutin before we even leave the fucking crib. <laughs> It is to the point that you would put a whole gallon of Hennessy in a fucking bathtub to numb your fucking feet so you don't even feel it by the time we get to New York. <laughs> but they look fabulous. This is the infamous out. We're going to talk about it. Right? So, but what is your point? So, we're going to go to a bar and basically you cannot sit down. This is what this I is can saying. Sit down. No, this is exactly what it's saying. Read phase three. Bars may open with increased standing room only, basically. We're applicable. You cannot sit down. Shout out to Elsa. Said they're beautiful to wear. Hello. Thank you, Elsa. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How are you going to go outside? So Louboutins are not. So what are we wearing? Flats now, ladies. What are we wearing? We are flats. But wait, what does that mean? That With mean, increased standing room. That means that, It just doesn't mean like spaced out. Well, essentially, essentially, when you go to a bar, the chairs and everything are next to each other. So now it's going to be a situation where you're not going to be able to sit down in a bar. So like, you got to be ready to run if somebody sneezes. You're going to have to be ready to run, duck, and hide wherever the fuck you can go. People okay? don't go outside so there's a vaccine. Do not go outside. <laughs> Do not go outside. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't even think there's there, there, when we're even going to know when the hell we're going to be able to go outside. It's going to be a very long time, people. Let's talk about it, though. Summer is over. Apparently, yeah, it's over, man. There's no summer youth for the kids. There is no pools or beaches for the kids. Mm-hmm. What are they going to and, do? Um, and, 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 uh, and, and, and I have uh, uh, two girls here. Uh, they're both 15 years old. Uh, they'll be turning 16 this year, and neither one of them will be able to celebrate their 16th birthday this year. Yeah. I jokingly told my daughter today that we can do a Sweet 16 virtual on Facebook. <laughs> a Zoom party. They look at you like you was crazy. If you gonna anyone who's ever done a sweet sixteen or a wedding, you know space is limited. You gotta pay per person to eat. But here we can do it right here on Facebook, right here on the Instagram hour. You have all the motherfuckers you want. And the best thing about that, she can invite her little boyfriend and they could dance 
Through the window. Uh, uh, other side of the window. Round of applause for that. All right, Mitch, get out of what else happened today? So we, so we have we, we have the stimulus check. We have an asshole in Arizona who gave back $8.2 million to the government. What we have we have Trump and Cuomo fighting. Fighting. What we, else? We, we have this have bogus fucking phase of fucking bullshit that I never heard of in my damn life. Uh, what? What are you talking about? This whole fucking plan is a oh, piece the of phase, shit. Oh, the it's phase, fucking, that. Yeah. People better get some money some other way. Uh, Miss Gideon, what else happened today? Uh, one thing that happened on Easter that I saw uh, real quick, I know it's not here in the notes, is um, in the Vatican, they did a church service empty. Like, there was nobody yeah, there. but, they, you know, social distancing. They had 20 million people. And I have to say, honestly... I tried to. I have nothing to do here, Miss Adam. So, and and I've always been a wrestling fan, and I've just. Oh not, God! Oh God! Here we go. I've always been a wrestling fan since I was a kid. You know, I I just haven't been fucking with it because it's just it looks stupid. Like niggas in tights, like rubbing fucking swords on each other is just not what I want to see. <laughs> As a thirty-seven-year-old man, okay, let's talk about it. But I said, you know what? I want to fucking watch wrestling, and to watch wrestling. In an empty arena was just the most dumbest thing I've ever seen because a part of their script, in a sense, is the interaction with the crowd. So if I come out and I say, Miss Get Adam, you're going to suck my penis right now. The crowd has to go, oh. <laughs> and there's nobody and there like, to do I'm that. I'm sucking your penis, if You know, and then they're like, oh, like this is not, no, this is not happening. It's fucking stupid, Miss Get Adam. You tried to watch it with me. How did you feel about it? I fell asleep. That's how I felt. I felt sleepy. <laughs> okay. The energy was not there. I don't care how many wrestlers come out. The energy was not there. Yeah. Um, 80 million people were sent a stimulus payment this week. 80 million people were sent a, 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 a stimulus payment this week. And some people were unfortunate enough not to get one. Number one, if you don't pay taxes, you didn't get one. If you owe taxes, you didn't get one. If you didn't set up direct deposit for your taxes, you probably didn't get one either because the fucking postal man stole your fucking shit. Shout out to Stephanie in the chat. She says she dislikes it so much, but they're essential. Vince is pals with Trump. That's right, because Donald Trump was actually um, in wrestling, in WWE, and I think he got stunned by Stone Cold. Round of applause for that when he gets Stone Cold to go to the White House and kick him in his fucking nuts. Um... So, so some people actually got their stimulus check. The refund went to an old bank account. Because well, that's up to them. That, that was dumb of them. No, they didn't switch it over. So there that goes. <laughs> your re, if you didn't get, your, if you didn't get your, 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 um, your stimulus check, your refund was sent to a, 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 either an old account. Um, you didn't pay your taxes or you just are not on top of your shit. Now, right now here uh, globally, we have 2.1 million people affected with coronavirus. Yes. We have 141,000 deaths, but here in the United States, we have 30,000, and a lot of them are in New York City. Now, Ms. Gadd, we're both New Yorkers. How do we feel about this? I mean, this is our city, and it's just, it's just so disturbing to see how the virus has affected people, but now we're seeing it affect people we know. It, it went from just something. Yes, it's unfortunate in New York. Right now, you know... Right now, if it hasn't affected your family directly, yeah. it has affected someone indirectly that you know yeah. or friends, and it's really sad. Um, I'm a special recipe to um, so so a guy. If you know me, um, I taught this kid from Marble Hill how to shoot. Um, his name is Hazardous Heat Productions. I showed him how I showed him how filming. His dad passed away yesterday. Yes, um, from COVID nineteen. 
Um, then we had like a, a a big promoter that used to work with Black Lotto. He passed away. Um, but but luckily, but luckily, our our dear friend in the front of the infamous our tours one PR. He was able to recover from COVID nineteen. Yes, yes. Which we need him to send us at uh, least a remedy. Yeah, so we need to actually get Torres on the line. I wish I could call him right now so I can get him because he he survived COVID nineteen basically by doing it himself. And he 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 set up like a whole step thing, um, so, uh, building your immune system, putting vitamin C in this thing called CMOS. Yes, we actually know about three people that done that natural remedy thing. We have Torres. We have. My cousin also, Karen. Oh, yeah, shout out to Preta. Uh, Hold on. My aunt, my aunt Julie also. She she did the they did the home remedy natural. I I don't think I don't think your aunt Julie can get coronavirus. She's straight Dominican from DR. <laughs> she has like a platano madula that just fucking blocks that shit. Let's talk about it. Yeah, you know, we come up with those remedies uh, quick. A uh, 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 shout out to Preta. I'm sure she'll be on my Instagram live, live wait, later. waiting for us to diss rappers, but she she fucking beat coronavirus with Mangu and Hennessy. Round of applause. <laughs> Mongo and Hennessy. Um so now so so now so now we have this this um this this new test. Uh let's scroll over to the antibody testing. Um so now I was watching CNN today and we were talk and they were talking about they have like a new test. Um and now they don't have to fucking stick a Q tip in your goddamn brain to see if you have coronavirus. Listen, they don't or not. know what's going on. Okay. Um Miss Get Adam, if they pulled out a Q tip and they tried to shove it in your fucking brain, how are you gonna react to that? I'm good. I'm good. I'm calling my mama. Boil all the plants in it to boil. Boil all the fruits and vegetables. Because they are not putting that shit on my nose. Holy I shit. I am good. Holy shit. This is the Infamous Hour. I'm the host of Infamous Hour. This is Miss Get Adam. We're about 37 minutes in. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, we'll actually be live on Instagram at 11 p.m. Uh, judging artists for our freestyle battle. Uh, this is actually Miss Get Adam's idea. I'm not going to take credit for this. This is Miss Get Adam's idea. Okay, and we're going to make motherfuckers battle on our Instagram. So if you want a, a good time, yes. uh, come to my Instagram at the infamous Amadeus. I'm actually going to put it in the chat. Um, the last Facebook video we did, Miss Get Adam, 25,000 people saw us. Sheesh. Yeah. Sheesh. 25,000 people. Sheesh. And, um, and, and, and that's the amazing thing about um, this whole Facebook situation because with Instagram, it's cool. It's cool in a sense because, you know, you can go live with people, but with Facebook, you can actually watch the video after we go live, and they can see some of the content. Um, we have our top five series, me and Ms. Good Adam, and um, I have a, a bunch of amazing interviews that I'm rolling out. Uh, shout out to Jazzo, uh, who's the person who um, discovered Jay-Z. I have him on the show this week, um, and I also have Tony Sunshine on the show this week. Um, Boom Bap Nation Radio, You could for, for the listeners of Boom Bap Nation who will see this later on, um, they could... Listen to me on Boom Bat Nation Radio Monday to Thursday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Live 89. All right. So we, we spoke about the stimulus check. We spoke about Trump and fucking Cuomo bitching at each other. Yes. We spoke about, what else we spoke about? Uh, the, the new guidelines of how the fuck you know kill yourself on fucking coronavirus. We talked about people not getting their checks. Yeah, let's just click on this um, antibody testing. I'm, I'm curious to see what this is. So, COVID nineteen antibody tests can help people rejoin society, but some are stuck in China. They still. Let's get out of. What does this mean exactly? What the fuck am I? They don't right know now? what to do with China. 
They, first they said China started it. Then they said, no, they don't think it came from China. It came from UK. Then they said, no, now it's back from China. It came from a lab. It came from bats. Yeah. It came from all types I know of exactly shit. where it came from. It came from my fucking penis. Let's fucking talk about it. Okay? Don't say that. The first test of COVID-19 antibodies authorized by U.S. regulators are stuck in China. According to the company behind them, a spokesperson for the North Carolina-based company, Celex, says the maker of a test that can detect whether or not a person's blood has virus antibodies told CNN Chinese regulatory hurdles block its production yes. site in China you know from why? exporting to the U.S. And this is because, Ms. Get Adam. This is because Trump has been attacking China, saying it's a Chinese disease. No. Yes, of course. So what? China ain't giving out the secrets. Where did this initial idea come from that this was a disease that was just limited to Chinese people? Misguided. Trump, like, like he always does. Like where, where exactly? He did this called idea? it a Chinese disease for a very long time. This guy. <laughs> so now they want. Now they're wondering why China's not talking. Yeah. China's like, y'all figure it out. We good over here. Y'all figure it out. Yeah. Um, the, the U.S. ambassador said uh, that the U.S. embassy is aware of the issues regarding medical exports from China and is working with Chinese authorities to address them. Now, do you think that China is going to help the United States? Ms. Get Adam, talk about it. They'll help Cuomo. <laughs> think so? <laughs> Cuomo got to call him. Listen, they don't, they don't want to help. Uh, they're going to be forced over to help eventually, you know, the um, political world. For for our Democratic listeners, um, and I'm sure people will hit me about this later on, our Democratic listeners, are we all on the same idea that Cuomo should run for president? Are we on that idea, Ms. Gadadam? I are wish we, he would. Are we sticking Cuomo in the fucking White House? I mean, I think, honestly, right now would be the time for him to get in. Yeah, but you, he actually mentioned that in one of his briefings. He's, he said, I'm not doing this for political reasons. I'm not doing it. I'm not running for president. I, I don't plan on it. I'm staying in New York with my people. And COVID-19. Oh, and COVID-19. He like running New York. He's good there. This is absolutely crazy. Um, so we're not so we're not gonna get uh the antivirus. We're not basically gonna get anything of any uh guidance or anything from people and it kind of feels like that we're not getting any we're not answers. Anything close yet. They're still trying to figure out these drugs. You know, it's it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. A lot of things are out there, it's not FDA approved, it's causing other medical issues, like you know. Right now, they're trying things out to see what works. And it's going to be like that for a very long time. Yeah. Um, the exact numbers right now of COVID-19 in the, in the United States as of 9 p.m., uh, we have 700,000 people who basically have contracted COVID-19. And on April 17th alone, 31,000 new cases. That's 5% up. And we actually have right now 36,000 people who have died from COVID-19. But yet... They want to open up everything. And and on April 17th, the death rate went up 10%. Now, I, I understand um, that this um, disease affects more people in urban areas, um, places that are more crowded, Ms. Get Adam. We live in the suburbs, though, but it affects us, too, because I kind of find that the resources here are a little different. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little lower, you know, because it's it's hard to get to these places to get, you know, the things that we need. And there's all the same people are going to the same Walmart, to the same, you know, to get what they need. So it's a little limited, but 
I think we've been doing okay. You know, it, yeah. it hasn't been that rough. Yeah. Um, since, since the first time, they, uh, the first case of coronavirus was on January 21st. And since then, over a half a million people, a half a million people have gotten coronavirus in this time. More than China, more than any other country in the world. And it's because in New York, in these big areas, this idea of social distancing was not happening. And to be honest, we were all mother- dirty motherfuckers. <laughs> Me, myself, the infamous Amadeus, I'll be the first to admit it. When I have to take a shit, I take a shit anywhere. Let's talk about it. <laughs> when it is time to take a shit, I am going to take a shit. Yo, I'm not, I'm not gonna take a shit that, though. I'm not gonna bro. take a shit though at the Popeyes in 116 where the crackhead had COVID 19. We was trying to get our chicken sandwich. I'm not gonna take a shit nowhere in 125th. But trust me, I go to a gas station. I separate the station. I gotta take a shit. I gotta take a shit. Round of applause. Now you can't be taking a shit. Now you done. Now you gotta use that fucking funny ass paper that they have for the toilet for, for you. To, that that paper you supposed to you supposed to just catch it on. Because, you know, you put it on so you got to catch it. Make sure it don't go sideways. Miss M- Gadam told me today, uh, she said, uh, you, she said, Nelson, you know, you're going to have to stop taking this shit in yes, public. Please. And I said. <laughs> you got to catch COVID again. I'm sorry. When it's time to take a shit, it is time to take a shit. I, like her, like you, you go. No, no you got to go home. I you go gotta home. I hold it. I, I will squeeze these butt cheeks. Okay, I will hold yeah. it. I will have a stomachache. Yeah, I, yeah. So basically, so if you have to take a shit, like you could, you could no, hold it. I could hold it. Listen, hold it. I cannot hold it when it's and, and the thing I about me, taking, I do not do that in public. You know, I, um, for a while I didn't know that I was lactose intolerant, and I would go to Dunkin' Donuts every day, and I would get a fucking, and I would literally like get like a coffee with creamer, and for and I would drive to New York. And by the time I got to fucking Jersey, like my fucking stomach was rumbling, like exit sixty one, like like WrestleMania was going on in my goddamn stomach. <laughs> Had COVID nineteen in my asshole. Well, this affects you. This affects you. You can't shit wherever you want. Uh, a range said thirty percent of diagnosed cases are asymptomatic, exactly. meaning show. No symptoms, which essentially means that you're going to carry COVID-19, you're going to pass it to every motherfucker in the world, and you're not going to get sick, and nobody's going to know that you're sick. Nope. Because they're not giving you they're not giving you the test right now. And there's a lack of tests right now. There's yeah, not enough. But how do we, like, survive this virus when more people are carrying it, and we don't know they're carrying it? How, how do we get through this, Ms. Get Out of I mean, What are we going to do exactly? We're done. We're fucking done Until there's a vaccine And we don't even know The vaccine's gonna kill us So we're done We're gonna walk around With masks for a very long time Shout shout out to my aunt She said I have COVID-19 In my asshole And those cheeks Can hold the world (laughs) Let's get at them It's it's 10.23pm Here at Eastern Standard Time We're 46 minutes Into this episode Of the Infamous Hour Uh, Almost time to wrap up Miss Gadada We'll be on my Instagram At uh, 11pm Listen to rappers And having them Battle each other In a gauntlet style For a chance to rap On Shade 45 Yes I like those wars Uh, Miss Gadada Last thoughts COVID-19 Last thoughts COVID-19, I've never seen anything like this in the world mm-hmm. um, since I've been alive. You know, but it's something that we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. We're going through some tough times. But, you know, United States is strong. Who You know, we could, just got to do what we got to do. We got to get through it. Survive. Be smart. Even when you can go outside, stop, do not be on top of people. Yeah. You know, please just 
think about yourselves first yeah. and other people. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the interesting stats that I read somewhere is, um, you know, since March 20th, uh, New York State, Connecticut, and uh, New Jersey have accounted for 50% of all the cases in the United States of COVID-19. And as of April 9th, nearly 60%, Ms. Gadano, 60% of the deaths have been in three states. Connecticut, New York, New Jersey. And, you know, I've been a witness to it. When you see those trucks outside those hospitals, it's real. Yeah. Okay? It mm-hmm. is real, and it's really scary looking. Yeah. And, you know, other states don't get to see that because they there has been affected as much as we have. Yeah. You know, but there's really people dying out there, and we all know someone that yeah. has people that died. So you have to be smart. Don't, you know, you can't go by what the government tells you. You got to go what your intelligent brain. Yeah. As you know, should tell you to do to survive this. Period. Mm-hmm. Round of applause for Miss Gadada. Um, parents said we, we made it through AIDS, HIV, H1N1, SARS, and Ebola. We'll make it through this as well. Yes, we will. So I'm your host, yes, so I'm your host, Infamous Amadeus. This is Miss Gadada. Make sure you follow the Infamous Hour podcast, all social media platforms at the Infamous Hour. Um, shout to iHeartRadio for officially sponsoring the Infamous Hour. If you have iHeartRadio in your television, if you have iHeartRadio on your phone, you go to iHeartRadio, pull it up, search the Infamous Hour. You can see all the episodes, including my interview with Jeezy. Hold on. High-profile celebrity guest on the Infamous Hour. And uh, every single Friday at 9 p.m., um, if we can actually make it on time, because Miss Adam likes to do her makeup. Do not blame me. I don't have the phone ready. I need to my realistic but 9 p.m. here on Facebook.com uh, slash Nation 2 in the Infamous Hour. We'll do our live interactive version of the Infamous Hour. The Infamous Hour day is Miss Get Adam. We have nothing else to do, so we'll be here on Facebook probably for the next two fucking years. <laughs> two years? God damn, two years. Um, I got to get my supply. Yes, so Miss Get Adam, social media, they want to follow you. Oh, social media, if you want to follow me, you already know IG, Miss Get Adam is M-R-Z-G-E-T-A-T-E-M. Yes. That's the only social media you're going to get. Yeah, you're going to get the fucking Facebook. <laughs> and for all you creepy motherfuckers on the Boom Bat Nation page, she has a ring on her Facebook page and Instagram page. That ring is where I stick my penis in, so stay out of fucking DM. Hey, yo! <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I, you know, I'm, just, I'm fucking bored. He's playing, but he not playing. <laughs> he not playing. <laughs> so where we going now? We're going to IG now, right? Yeah, yeah. So we actually, we, we're going to, it's, well, actually, I'm going to play some MLB The Show real quick until about 11 o'clock because I fucking love my MLB The Game. Round of applause. Uh, Miss Get Adam got me MLB The Show. For PlayStation 4 And this quarantine Is the best thing That happened to me Because I'm just Fucking staying home Playing MLB The show All fucking day Round of applause Um, but yeah, so I'm the, I'm the host of Infamous Hour. This is the Infamous Hour. Make sure you subscribe to the Infamous Hour, all social media platforms at the Infamous Hour. Follow me on Instagram at the Infamous Amadeus. Uh, that is my Facebook as well. Make sure you follow Boom Bat Nation. Round of applause for Isness and Boom Bat Nation. We have some amazing things that we bring into the Boom Bat Nation platform. Shout out to Scratch Masters. Uh, shout out to Scratch Masters, which is Boom Bat Nation's secondary page. But more importantly, you know how it goes down every single Thursday, 3 p.m., Shade. 45, the infamous Amadeus. 
playing bars and Friday. Miss Get Adam, what time are we on Facebook? We are on Facebook at nine o'clock. Nine o'clock, whenever we can be on time. <laughs> nine o'clock. All right, different some days, Miss Get Adam. This is the infamous hour. Peace and blessings to everyone out there. If you want to check in with us, uh, you can come to my Instagram page. We'll be there on Instagram at 11 p.m. doing our rap cipher. We're going to have people battle in gauntlet style. Miss Get Adam, what are we expecting when we go to Instagram? We expect them bars. Straight bars. Bars. We do it. We're doing the competition, right? Is yeah. So, so today, if you, if you know a dope MC, if you know the, if you know a dope MC, send them there. They I'm home. actually going to put my Instagram um, handle in the chat. Okay, right now. So I, I just actually posted it. Um, so that's my Instagram handle. If you know a dope MC, send them to my Instagram page right now. At different summer days, we'll be on at 11 p.m. Looking for the hottest MCs for a potential chance to go to Shade 45 to rap on Lord's Tier Special. We're actually going to go to Shade 45. We're going to do a pre-recorded cipher. Miss Adam, we're doing a gauntlet style battle today. Yes. Straight, y'all better bring them bars. We're gonna okay? pick six artists. We're gonna have them motherfuckers battle on Instagram. We're gonna let the people decide who's gonna get a chance to rap on Serious Serious Cipher. Let's get at them. What are we looking for? Do I need to say it again? Yes, absolutely. Because sometimes they don't fucking know. We had a guy called the other week talking about he had herpes on his penis. What are we doing? We're looking for bars, bars. people. <laughs> bars. All right, it's going down. This is the end of the infamous hour. Miss Get Adam, we are out of here. Everyone, please stay COVID 19 free. Love you. Please stay safe. Blessings. Stay safe. The infamous hour. You're rocking. You're rocking. You're rocking. Yeah. With the number one party DJ. Doing it real big. Turn, 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 turn your, turn your, turn your speakers off. Infamous Amadeus Day is live here on Boom Bat Nation, officially powered by iHeartRadio. I'm Infamous Amadeus, the official host. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and all social media platforms at Boom Bat Nation. And make sure you follow my podcast at The Infamous Hour. You can subscribe on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and etc. Right now on the line, we have the Sacramento-based lyricist, Mozzie on the line. How you feeling, brother? I'm about it. You know, I'm blessed. I be Um, COVID-19 is a real situation. Uh, New York City, it seems like straight pandemic. How are we dealing with it on the West Coast? Uh, you know, everything's velvet on this side of the field. Um, as far as I, uh, one of my, you know, one of my close relatives, his grandmother, or his, yeah, his, his mom, matter of fact, his mom's, uh, you know, was diagnosed with it. And so, uh, you know what I mean? You know, we taking that hard, but outside of that, Everything platinum, you know, the family's legitimate. I just hate that my little girls ain't in school. Yeah, man, super. Um, so originally, originally you 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 weren't Mazi, you were Lil Tim. Uh, why did we make the name change? Uh, I was calling a lot of people Mazi, and they was returning the favor until it stuck. Got it. I was calling people Mazi just, you know, because I was pushing mozzarella mabalato. Um, I was just pushing like a, I think I had a CD or something called Mozzarella Mabalato mm-hmm. and uh, it was just hella long. And, you know, I just started chopping it in half and saying Mozzie. Then I named my dog Mozzie. Every time I see one of the homies, I'll be like, what's up with the Mozzie member? Next thing I know, they start calling me Mozzie. And there you have it. Mm-hmm. Super. Um, you know, you, you get credited. For, for being a lyricist, um, and it kind of seems like on the West Coast, lyricism is, is important. Why is that exactly, do you think, that the West Coast still resonates with bars? Uh, 
that I think it's, 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 it's the culture. It's gangster. We come from that era. We come from that, that pop. We come from that ice cube. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Um, you know, Snoop and them was talking that shit. It just, I, where I, I'm, I, I don't even know, just on West Coast, period. I really can't speak for the whole coast when it comes to lyrics and the bars. Um, but I just know for me, it's a, it's just my upbringing. I was, you know what I'm saying? I, I come up during a time where if you didn't know how to rap, you couldn't rap, then you wasn't accepted as a rapper. You had to, you had to shoot that shit. And if you wasn't shooting no shit and you, you was on there, you know, auto-tuning and singing and crying and, you know, we, at, at, during my era, you feel me? It, it, it went, that was out. You had to be talking that, that, that rah-rah. And, uh, I just stuck with it. It worked for me in my, it worked in my favor. And, you know, I just continue to march with it. I stay in my lane. I try not to merge into others. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, that I respect about West Coast music in general is the West Coast has always maintained this sound. Like when I hear a West Coast record, um, as soon as the bass line hits, I know it's from the West Coast. And, and like you were saying, it's resonating from before. But do you think like in other parts of the country, artists are free to have content? Or you think, is there too much pressure to try to get to terrestrial radio? Um, ask me the question one more time. Um, so, so on the West Coast, the, the West Coast has fully kept its sound. Like you, you know, an artist is from the West Coast as soon as the bass hits, from Nipsey to even like Tiger to yourself. No matter where you are, it's all the same like sound, and you know it's from there. But in other parts of the country, like here in the East Coast, it's kind of not like that. Um, do you think that's because there's a lot of pressure for artists to chase being put on terrestrial radio, which is like FM radio? Nah, I think I think uh, you know, they just adapting with the time. I'm still old fashioned, so I'm still on my old fashioned gangster shit. And uh, you know, it's a new era. It's a it's a it's a it's a new generation of young life. And you know, they it's it's you know, they, they living in their era the same way I'm still living within my era, they living in their era and their era right now is is, you know, whatever whatever type of rhythm, whatever type of you know, the the criers as far as the, the uh auto tuning and all that, and they just doing they dougie, and mm-hmm. I salute it, I respect it, I function with it, that shit in my car right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going through quickly earlier your Wikipedia page, and you seem to have a lot of albums, I, I don't know if this is all correct, but I, I mean, it has to be at least like 20 albums, um, is this the actual body of work that you've been putting out uh, throughout the years? Uh, a lot of it is before I was heard of, mm-hmm. like when I was little Tim, and Eyes, eyes, um, and then you know a lot of it uh, is is you know since the people been tapped in and tuned in, um, I'm just I, I've been working, I've been rapping since I was probably like 15. So this shit is I'm passionate about this shit. When they give me a check to do this shit, I feel like I'm stealing. I feel like it's robbery, strong arm robbery. I do this for free. This is what I naturally do. This is this is you feel me? So. Um, you know that's that's where the body of work comes from. Just staying consistent. And at one point, one point in time in my life, I was I was in a dark place, um, and I just felt like you know I wouldn't I wouldn't live to 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 see this day and age. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to get everything out of me, whatever I had within me, I was trying to get it out. So you understand me, the world could, could catch that vibe, so the world could catch the real me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so that's 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 where the excessive work comes from. Just not knowing tomorrow, tomorrow not being promised. 
Yeah. Um, when you go into a space where creating a collaborative album with someone, um, I know you have one with Burner, um, and I think you also have one with Gunplay. Um, what is that process like exactly? Are we all in the studio together and we're recording each record together, or is it kind of like we're emailing it? Uh, how does that go exactly? Nah, majority of the time, I, I really I don't think I've done a project with somebody where I was just sending shit email, email to email. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if that'll work. I don't think that'll work. I think we're both lag. Uh, you know, one one person, one party or the other, we're both pump fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's mandated. In order to complete the project, we got to lock in. we got to catch a vibe. I mean, uh, I usually just do my projects. I let, I let whoever... Whoever I'm functioning with, whoever I'm collaborating with, I kind of let them lead, you know, just because I be so caught up in my own space that when I finally get the vibe with somebody else and, and, and get the and get the tweak on their way, like I be excited about it. So no matter who I'm in there with, I kind of give them, I kind of get them the green light. You know what I'm saying, me, I'm gonna follow their lead, and we just gonna go bananas from there. Yeah. Um, what is the temperature right now in Sacramento as far as hip hop? Like who are some of the artists that we should be looking for um coming from that region? Sacramento going brave. When I say Sacramento going brave, Sacramento going brave, stand up. First and foremost, we got the E Mozzie, Shelly Roos. You know, they within my camp. They go brave, they do a digit. Um, you got shooter gang Coney. That nigga going brave, B O E Sosa. Um I'm saying we got a oh Snubs the gun Snubs he just came home man Snubs he just did ten years a nigga back he he doper than me only one of the only niggas doper than me um you know Sack going brave just even with the production with the production the June on the beach the Davo the DJ DJ Geo that nigga swining it's 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 shout out to Sacramento nine sixteen stand up with. Uh, super dope. Uh, talk about the production process as far as, um, you know, picking beats and are you working with strictly in-house producers? Are we soliciting? And um, and, and how do you actually put these records together? Nah, I just tap in with management. I applied press on that nigga. You know what I'm saying? He, he get a check for this shit. So right, that nigga give me a, a killer kick. Give me a pack. Give me a packy out. You know what I'm saying? He'll pull up something. If I feel it, it's right there. I, like, hold on, we ain't even got to go to the next track. Let me do this right now. Let me lay something on this right now. This is mine. It's the same way a dog piss on a tree to claim its territory. I immediately pull that motherfucker up. You might try to tuck it. Somebody else might get it. Pull him up right now. Don't put him to the side. Pull him up. And uh, I just kind of work like that. I just, when I hear something I like, hear something I love, I pull it up and I tamper with it. I sleep with it. And then from there, and saying if it make the album, make the album. If it don't, you know, I throw it to one of the gang members or put it on a collaboration project. Or you know, I, it, it's because it's still sturdy and it's worthy. It's worthy to be heard. Mm. Um, a few years back, you were um, featured in Rolling Stone where they had mentioned your album in Rolling Stone. I mean, what was that like? I've been grinding so many years and to have such a high publication recognize you. I know that that had to have been amazing. Yeah, that was one of my first. Uh, that was one of my first little prestigious shout-outs, man. One of my first big dog shout-outs. I couldn't believe it. I had to ask Granny, like, what is Rolling Stone is big, right? Like, I used to see the magazines in here with the Jet magazines and the Ebony magazines. Rolling Stone is big, right? She's like, that's big, baby. 
and I didn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't understand how big it was because I wasn't signed to a major. I didn't have no management at the time. This is just me gritting mm-hmm. out the trenches. How the fuck did I make it in the Rolling Stone? This album wasn't even supposed to, the cover. I don't even like the cover to this day. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? I, it, it was, it was, I ain't, it wasn't supposed, I didn't think it was going to do what it did. And, you know, so that's, I'm, I'm beyond appreciative. Shout out Rolling Stone. Lock in for a lifetime. Yeah, super shout out to Rolling Stone. Um, I interviewed Terminology earlier in the week. Uh, shout out to Terminology Static Selector. And I, what's your opinion on this? So um, we know 6ix9ine has, has been released now. Um, and do you think, like, now, like, someone like him who's a known rat would be able to have a career in hip-hop now? Is this, like, acceptable amongst the masses? It may not be acceptable amongst us, but amongst the general audience that listen to hip-hop now that may not resonate with the streets. I mean, we know there are a lot of guys who've never been in the streets. Let's talk about it. Um, do you think someone like that could actually have a career in 2020? Uh, I don't know what kind of career, uh, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's rats that get out of jail and, and they survive out here man, every day, every mm-hmm. day, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that that's, we I, I believe that's more than possible. But as far as having a career, hell yeah, because the majority rules. Majority ain't the street. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, it's a, the majority of hip-hop is, they're not, they're, they don't live by street rules. They don't pertain to the street. And uh, so, hell yeah, I'm pretty sure that nigga can have a career. Uh, you know, I, it, 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 I, everybody, I don't want to say no names, but it's a lot of niggas that got careers that shouldn't have careers or that, you know, ain't that, 30 as far as that cause, but it, it, the streets and the, and the industry is two different things and I respect it for what it is um, I remember growing up in the 90s, uh, street culture and hip-hop were intertwined. It almost felt like it was one and the same. And now hip-hop has evolved into this whole other thing. What do you think the disconnect happened between street culture and the music culture? The internet. The internet. The internet, mm-hmm. the internet is what happened. Um, Instagram. You know, just people making things acceptable. That, that's not involved in the streets, but, you know, and we, we, we look at them, like you said, it's the two intertwined so much that we look at them as they still are heroes. We from the streets, mm-hmm. but, and them niggas is our heroes. And they doing goofy, you know what I'm saying, Theodore shit. And they making it okay. It's, it's, it's monkey see, monkey do. And, you know, the internet made things acceptable. Whether, you know, I mean, from the tight jeans. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from the, I'm an 80s baby. Mm-hmm. We, it was the bold. You know what I'm saying? And your uncle Jabos at that. It wasn't no skinny jeans. I got out of jail 2015 still wearing like baggy, you feel me, denim. And they was on my line. I had to swim up, you know what I'm saying? And to the point where I was uncomfortable. But this is society. This is this is what we own now. And this is what majority of the gangsters is doing or the people who who, who, who portray to be gangsters as far as their music and you know, this is who the kids look up to, but it's, 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 it's just, I think the internet just watered everything down because now it's, it, it, remember it used to be, you couldn't, it wasn't no talking, it wasn't no displaying, nothing was for recognition. Now everything is for recognition. Everything is being displayed. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, your resume, your resume is well known. You, you've been in the media. Um, 
with, with different troubles and, you know, like you said, going to prison and then, and then the recent gun charge uh, two years ago. Is it difficult now that you're an artist to find the line between your street roots and your music roots? Hell yeah. You know, street rules and streets and the music is two different things. Yeah. And um, it's hard. It's hard to differentiate. It's hard to it's hard to separate and segregate. Mm-hmm. It's uh but you got to. You know, in the streets, you know, ain't nobody finna push up on you or do no U turn or stop in mid traffic and jump out and you know, that ain't that ain't the streets. If if somebody do all that extracurricular in the streets, it's activity. But we got a fan base. So, you know, these are fans pulling over, going crazy. These are fans recording you. These are fans finding out where you live and posting it on the Internet. These are fans doing all this, this goofball shit that's not acceptable in these streets, pushing up on you, asking you for a picture in an aggressive manner. Like, you know what I'm saying? If somebody picks up on you in the streets in any type of aggressive manner, it's, 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 you know you got to line it up. Run that immediately. So, uh. Just everything. You know, somebody could steal $100,000 from you in this game and you'll be in the same building with him tomorrow. Versus in the streets, nigga, you'll smoke somebody over $5 in a dice game. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's, 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 it's different. But um, I want this so bad, and I wanted this so bad as a child that I know how to compromise. I know how to fall back. I know how to be boo. I know how to set, you know separate myself from, from both. I, sometimes I have to withdraw from both. You know what I'm saying, and uh, bottom line is, you got to be a man before you be a gangster. And uh, I've been, I've been on my man shit. I've been on my big dog shit. So it ain't been that. It ain't just too difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, super positive vibes for those who tuning in right now. I'm the infamous Sam This is Boom Bap Nation. The infamous Sam. We have Mozzie on the line now. On a more positive note, you've been able to chart twice on Billboard. I mean, simply amazing to be able to keep bars and, and chart on Billboard 2020 and beyond. What is the future for Mozzie? Uh, I ain't even know I started on Billboard twice or none of that. I don't even be tripping. I don't even be speaking, man. I'm just so blessed. I'm ecstatic. Bro, I wake up every day. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm jumping in any car, any type of vehicle, automobile that I want. I got multiple buildings, buildings on buildings, little real estate and things in my name, and in the same name that, you know, they booked me in them counties for, and the same name that, that the courts is, is, is Patterson versus you know, the, the, the state of California, that same name, you know, that same name, when they pull you over, they get to rape you. They get to do anything, go through your car, take you to the house, you know what I'm saying, ramshack your house. I don't matter who live there, they go through granny room, turn granny bed upside down, they break doors, you know, all the disrespectful shit. And that same name that they got me logged in, you know, I'm buying real estate, apartment buildings, commercial units. You know what I'm saying? I mean, houses paid for, deeds and things, you know, pink slips to the vehicle, deucing them, the, 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 the girly face games, platinum, like they, they want for nothing. We sitting like on a 50th floor, you know what I'm saying? I mean, above somebody's arena. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm velvet, man. I'm just, I'm beyond blessed. And, uh, I just want to, I just want to continue to, you know, just, uh, enjoy these blessings. That's what I really want to do. I'm going to work. I'm going to work my ass off. We're still going to get in that lab, still going to get in that gym. But my main focus is just being able to be here, man, being out, being free, being with my young wife, and being able to enjoy this shit and give back and give back to the ones who I feel is, 
is truly deserving and worthy of it. So, you know, I, I couldn't ask for more, honestly. Super fire. Round of applause to my guest Mozzie on the line right now. Um, so so what projects do we have coming out? Uh, we, we have any new music coming out? We have an EP coming out? A, a, any new uh, material for the people? Yeah, we got the new album coming out, Beyond Bulletproof. It's, uh, you know, to love when unconditionally is bulletproof. I'm just, I'm showing unconditional love. This whole album is wrapped around unconditional love, man, and expressing it and letting the people know that you know, nigga done been through that. You feel me? It's, uh, you can never knock the hustle. We've been through the same struggle. You feel me? So I'm just identifying with my people, letting them know that GLD, you know, a nigga, a nigga genuinely, you understand me, love where I come from, what I come from, and who I come from. Period. Mm-hmm. All right, give it up for Mozzie and Life. They want to follow you on social media. Uh, what social media is they can reach out to? M-O-Z-Z-Y. M O Z Z Y. If you can't find that motherfucker, just Googling it. You know what I'm saying? Type in Facebook, Mozzy. Mozzy Facebook. That motherfucker will pop. Mozzy Twitter. Twitter, Mozzy. It'll pop. Instagram, Mozzy. It'll pop up. I'm popping up. Just Google them. <laughs> Different summer days on behalf of Boom Bap Nation, iHeartRadio. This Boom Bap Nation Monday through uh, Thursday, uh, seven PM to ten PM on Live eighty nine FM. You catch me on Shade forty five every single Thursday, three PM to four PM, and my show, The Infamous Hour, on Sundays. I uh, well, let's get into a record right now. What record you want to hear? Uh, what you got, puppy? Let me let me hear some uh, let me hear some new young nigga shit. Okay, let's get it right now. Live eighty nine FM, Boom Bap Nation. You're locked in to the number one DJ in the game. This is how you're supposed to sound. Turn it up. Turn that shit up. Infamous Alma Day is here live on Boom Bap Nation, the Infamous Hour. Make sure you subscribe on all platforms, iHeartRadio, Pandora, iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you check out the official Boom Bap Nation show on Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Live 89 FM. And make sure you follow at Boom Bap Nation, 2.3 million followers, all real Boom Bap heads. If you're an unsigned artist and you want to know how... People really feel about you. Post your shit on Boom Bap Nation, and they will let you know. Okay, right now on the line, I got my guy, Lawrence, Massachusetts, born and raised, now running around in New York City and across the planet. Give it up for my guy, Turbinology, on the line. What's up, brother? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Um, 1982 is the group, and Quarantine is the album. Uh, one of the dope things that I think we all are watching is this whole new concept of recording a live album on YouTube. Like, where did that concept come from exactly? Um, you know, I can speak for me and my team. Um, we we did it about ten years ago, uh, when they had this this thing called Ustream. So it was a live platform that was kind of like something you download on your computer, and you can you know broadcast to the world. So we first did uh the live the live one with Saigon. It was Saigon and Static Selector. Um, they did it uh, album in a day, and then the next one was me and Static in 1982. Uh, after that, the next year, we had uh, Freeway and Static did the whole album. Then Freddie Gibbs, uh, Freddie Gibbs and Static um, did the album. So it was like, you know, it's something that we've been doing for a long time. Um, but now, like, you know, with Instagram Live and just with all the new technology, um, 
uh, last year we did it with Bun B and we took it to the next level. So, you know, we had different cameras and different rooms and film crews and all that stuff. So it went from being just like the little people on your computer and, you know, maybe a couple thousand people to now it could go crazy. Hundreds of thousands of people, you know, million people, whatever, you know. So with the pandemic joint, um, you know, the one that what we just did, um, uh, you know, the quarantine album we just did in the day, it was kind of like we was just chilling and then say 45 got canceled for us because they didn't want nobody going into the building that night because uh because the pandemic was just going so crazy but we was like yo what are we gonna do we had nothing to do and um you know static was like yo i got an idea let's just make an album right now on the spot you know he's like pick some beats tonight tomorrow we go live on youtube and we just knock out the whole album in one day and that's what we did uh, the recording process, uh, doing it all in one day, is it much different than doing it with time? Is there more pressure? Do you find it easier? Like, just, you know, as a veteran MC, like, how is this process for you? It's way more pressure, you know, because, you know, sometimes you don't know how long it takes a rapper to write a rhyme, right? It could take them an hour. It could take them five hours, ten hours. It could take them a few days, um, you know. So when you had to write all the stuff on the spot, um, or, you know, within like, you know, 10, 20 hours, it's a lot of pressure to, um, to, to be able to, to write at a high level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if, if, a rap, if a rapper writes an amazing verse in one day, you like, yo, word, he got it. Like, yo, he still got it. Oh, he's amazing. He did an ill song. But to do 10 joints, you know, repeatedly back to back, and then you're in there with other rappers, so you don't even know what wave they're going to go. I'm in there with M.O.P., you know what I mean? So they bring in a certain type of energy and then Smith & Wesson in there bring in energy. Then you got like Code of the Friend, you know, some of new, newer cats that that's crazy, like Code of the Friend, UFO Feeds, and um, CJ Fly from uh, Pro Era. So it was kind of like all different kind of vibes and energies, man. And you just had to tap into what everybody else had going in and just make sure, you know, for your own personal reputation that your pen stays fire no matter if it's the first hour or the tenth hour mm-hmm. um d- during this recording process just watching it on youtube um the thing that i was most impressed with was watching little fame recording process um punching in the ad libs and and how mop still keeps like that old school like you know jumping in on each other when they're doing their verse um if, if you could pick one artist that you worked with during this recording process that you were most impressed with who would it be Man, I say I would say um, Bun B like like this particular album, um, you know everybody came with it. But out of all the rappers I've seen do an album in one day, I would say Bun B impressed me the most out of all of them because he was um he had his pen and paper right in front of him and um and like every time that the beat dropped, he's like, oh, what's the topic? Oh, who's on the track? I right, boom, you know he wrote his verse within like thirty minutes and just knocked it out. Whereas some of the other rappers, they might have had ideas in their head or on their phone already, but just the professionalism that Bun B carried and um, the way that he just, you know, carried himself and, and the execution, he just really, really imp- impressed me as an MC. Yeah, super. Um, I, I think me and you can relate in a way where uh, we're both like people from different industries like rap and film, and we both now work in radio. Um but you, I, you know, I've never seen you kind of like fully promote yourself a, as a radio host. Is there a certain reason why you don't actually go about that? I don't know, man. I, I guess I see myself more of a, as a rapper. You know, one time Static was like, "Yo, 
term. You know, you're a radio personality, right? Like, you can use that on your resume. You can book gigs like that. You can get paid off of that. And I was just like, oh, word, you know? I kind of, like, almost was sleeping on it, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, I do a lot of things, man. I make beats. You know what I'm saying? I make a lot of beats. I sell a lot of clothes. I got a, a movement called Good Dad Game. We sell a lot of clothes. I do a lot of things, man. But I guess since I was a rapper first, I usually kind of, like, you know, promote that I'm a rapper more than any of the other things. Yeah. How did the whole Shade 45 thing um, come about for you? Obviously, you and Static go back from the same neighborhood, but when did you actually start getting included into the hosting? Yeah, man. So, you know, Stab been up there now for, like, giving, like, maybe, like, 13, 14 years because he's the filling for Clinton Sparks when Clinton first blew up and became, like, a Pepsi DJ and all that. He started touring a lot, so he would need Static to fill in for him. Um, you know, for the first couple of years. Then, you know, after that, the show became Static because Clinton could no longer come in and Static was, was very active. So they gave the show to Static and we've been so off radio now for about 10 years. Um, then, then I would say, you know, I would just come in like once a month, once every other week and it was real unofficial. It was more like just a homie. And um, I moved to New York I was living back in Lawrence. You came to my crib with the cameras, and we went to all the projects and, yeah. and shot a bunch of things out there. So right after that, I moved back to New York in 2015. Mm-hmm. So when I moved back, I was like, yo, since I'm coming here every single week, like, what you think about me being an official host? And Static was like, yeah, you think you're going you're gonna to be able to make it every single week? Like, you know, like official? And I was like, yeah. So he's like, all right, cool. So you're part of the show. So basically the last four years, I've been like officially part of Show Off Radio. Super, super dope. Uh, talk about the climate in, uh, in in Lawrence, Massachusetts, not only there, but just in Massachusetts hip-hop scene. We, we haven't really gotten a fluctuation of a bunch of artists coming from there. I mean, we know they're there, obviously, but why do you think we haven't gotten the whole Boston wave to get multiple artists coming out at one time? There's a lot of heat, man, in Boston. I think, honestly... Now more than ever, there's a lot of a lot of big artists. You know, may, maybe not so much from Lawrence, uh, but as far as like the whole entire area, if you want to just look at like the whole like Massachusetts. I mean, right now we got Jordan Lucas, he's killing it. Uh, we got the girl Bia, she's killing it right now. Um, uh, Cousin Sis is killing it. The kid Token, Millie's. Uh, you got myself, and you got other like underground acts like my brother Rex. Um, you know, easy money. It's just, it's a lot of dope MCs out here. But for a long time, I think Boston was just kind of so underground because we came from that backpack era. So you know, we we really we really was more known for for like old old school cats like Ed OG, Crumb Snatcher, Seven L, Esoteric, just like that wave. And um, for a long time, there was nothing coming out of here but that wave until like I would say, you know, me, Flame, Static. When we came, we kind of changed the game as far as, like, getting a lot of love in New York and L.A. and um, and around the world and in the magazines and the radio. And we kind of set it up for that, the next generation, for cats like Millie's and Bia, Cousin Spears and Joyner. We set it up for them. So now they took it and they brought it to somewhere else. Where now Joyner, you know, he got uh, nominated for a Grammy. And you, you got Bia getting plaques with Rush and stuff like that. So it was like, you know, for a long time we were slept on, but now the city's making more noise than, than ever before. Yeah. Um, f- f- from the journalistic side of you, um, we, we have a whole new crop of boom bap artists from Griselda to 
you know, roam streets and we just have this whole new crop of boom bap artists. What do you think is going to take to get one of these guys recognized on Billboard? Um, I mean, I think I think all of them are doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, it's great to see guys like Benny come from being basically just really, really underground and, um, and not really known to people like Drake saying, yeah, I like Benny, I'll do a song with Benny. Um, people like Russ saying, all right, I'm going to take Benny on a tour with me and put him on a big, you know, stadium type of tour. I think those are the type of things that need to happen for you know, our real hip hop, true hip hop underground artists, they need to they need to get brought up somehow by by bigger artists like Drake and Russ and things like that. And then I would say like, you know, like Rock Nation really getting behind like West Side Gun and them. I think like that that type of stuff is really what has to happen because, you know, there's like a it's always been kind of like a civil war between the underground and people that, that you know, that does boom bap and then people that that do like commercial radio. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's always been like really hard to cross over and maintain that level of respect. Cause as soon as you cross over, sometimes you can't come back, you know, you can't come back down. They're like, nah, nah, we don't, he tried, he attempted to, to, to go that way with it and fell out and it didn't work. So you could somehow figure out how to, um, you know, how to, how to make real music that's mm-hmm. dope, but keeps integrity, like kind of like Nipsey did, you know, Nipsey, Nipsey was on the verge of, of doing that where he was still underground and respected in the street and all that stuff. But then he was making music that was starting to cross over. Yeah. And speaking of crossover, I remember, and you're old enough to obviously remember that, um, you know, previously, um, the boom bap sound had like a commercial sound. So you had people like Jay-Z and Biggie and Pac and just the, even mob deep to a certain extent making commercial records, um, for that time, are 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 we making a mistake by not having like a new commercial boom bap sound? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that that we we're making a mistake. I think it's more that the industry is making a mistake. I think that the artists are still doing it, you know, but that for some reason, you know, you, you you could say you could say somebody who's like super underground could make the same record as a, a Kendrick Lamar or a J Cole, but it won't get that same push. But people would look at it like, you know, let's say Kendrick Lamar's last album. He had Alchemist producing. He had Four Joints by Ninth Wonder. Those are the people that produced my album. There's no difference between the records. It's just one person got the machine and one person doesn't have the machine. So, you know, when it comes to the industry, man, I I really like what Royce the 5'9'' been doing lately. He's been going on his IG and been telling people like, yo, stop listening to these labels. Stop doing what they tell you they need to do. They don't need to be a part of your process. Just make art. Just make music that you want to make and watch. Everything else, the doors will start opening up for you because you're taking away all that fake nonsense and all that pressure they put on you for no reason because they're not going to help you anyway. They don't mm-hmm. see the vision. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're just there to collect the checks because somehow they got a job out of labor. Um, I remember early on before I actually met you I remember the Hood Politics series I remember um, you were doing stuff over Jay Dilla Beats but I also remember hearing you in Grand Theft Auto what, were you in the actual game or was it the, the soundtrack that came out for the game it was both I, my music was in the game and then also there was a soundtrack I did Grand Theft Auto uh, Part 4 and then I did um what was it? Uh, Midnight Club. I did both of those, uh, both of those games in the same year. Um, so, uh, Grand Theft Auto. I mean, uh, amazing video game. You, did you think that at that time 
Grand Theft Auto was going to blow up to be the number one game in the world. Yeah, we knew it was big. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. We knew, you know, what was going to be, where it was going to go. You know what I'm saying? But one, one memory I do have that that's really dope. I could share with you was um, when we did the the Rockstar Games. When we started working with Rockstar Games, they had me, uh, Sean Price, rest in peace, my man Easy Money and Static. They had us come up and play with the fans. You know, so we were up there playing. Grand Theft Auto versus the fans. We went up to the headquarters and we played them. And that was just a really, really dope memory, you know, for me. One of my favorite with, with Sean Price, you know. He was a good friend of mine. Toured with him, did multiple video songs with him. You know what I'm saying? He, he came to Boston. He came to Lawrence. He was just such a cool, humble cat. And that, that's a good memory that I had with him, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people don't actually know that you actually produce. I mean, you've been doing so many records with Static and Premiere, but you actually have a production um, resume yourself. And one particular um, beat that I specifically remember was the joint on the Woo Block album. Was it, um, it's the one that has no drums. It's Driving Round. Is that the name of it? Yeah, yeah. Driving Round. 2012, no drums. So you can see we've been doing this. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm talking about like how that whole beat and that whole song came about because you kind of kept that you kind of were like one of the first people to define the sound that we're hearing now as boom bat. Yeah, man. You know, I, you know, I'm I'm not really vocal about it because of, I'm not so much of a producer. You know, even though I did produce an album that came out February 14th of this year. You know, me me and Jay's album, I produced it, mm-hmm. and and a couple of the joints had no drums on it, but. Yeah, man, that's kind of always been a something that I love, you know, a style that I that I like, and that came from you know Wu Tang Clan. The RZA used to do that here and there. You would get like maybe mugs joints or you know whatever. Whoever inspired me, you know, from the '90s and the boom bap sound. There were some people that would have joints with like minimal drums or like no drums or whatever drums came with the sample. I would say Alchemist has been probably my biggest inspiration with that. Um, so with that one, I just knew it just kind of felt right. I was like, yo, if the rapper, whoever takes this beat, if they just rap and then just stop with the sample and, and rap with the driving round and just keep rapping, I knew it. I was like, yo, if they do that, this, this will be a go right here. And then, you know, they took it. They put Erica Badu on it, and that was my first credit. Mm-hmm. Round of applause for that. Erica Badu on the record. Um, so, so the new album is called The Quarantine right now. It's available everywhere. Digital retail platforms right now. Uh, terminology and static. Select a bunch of features on there. Uh, 2020's here. We're in quarantine right now, which is, I mean, just the definition of this album that you created. Um, what's next for terminology? Yeah, man, I'm just, you know, right now I'm signing these CDs. I just put out this CD on my band camp for the quarantine, so... I'm sitting here right now with 100 CDs in front of me and a marker just tagging all these up, you know, so uh, anybody that's interested in buying vinyl or CD, any, like, real, you know, physical collectors of hip-hop, you can follow me on Bandcamp, Terminology SP, you know, check the Bandcamp out because we keep in that part alive, too. You know, you only get, uh, you get, like, one penny for 15 streams, but if you buy the CD, we get $20, so that's that's how we eat real music. So, you know, push that. To my brand, Good Dad Gang. You know, we're inspiring people to be good parents and take care of their kids and be relevant. I think right now people are, are spending more time with their kids than they ever did due to this quarantine. And whether that's a good or a bad reason, at the end of the day, that's a good outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, so just that, man, pushing forward, 
making more music, pushing this music, doing Shade 45 and pushing the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question before we get out of here. It, it kind of feels like uh, life in general has been put on reset with the COVID-19 um, situation across the world. And as we stroll through social media, I think it's fair to say that that real music is very alive um, on social media between what D-Nice is doing, what Timbaland is doing, uh, Swiss Beats, and just the array of artists that are dropping music. Um, what do you think music is going to go within the next 10 years? We know music changes every 10 years, obviously. But what, what do you think is the next wave of music for hip-hop? I really can't tell you, man. You know, uh, 10 years is a long time. I could probably predict, you know, where the sound would go maybe in the next year or two. But 10, 10 is crazy because even if you took us back to 2010, right, and, and we were on 2010 looking at now, we would never in a million, billion, trillion years be able to tell you that a Canadian rapper would be the biggest rapper in hip-hop and yeah. he would be a singer. And, you know, just, just the way that it goes, bro, you just, Nobody's seen all the lils, like 500 lils being, being the, the lil, this, the lil Uzi pump, lil, lil, lil Uzi bird, lil pump. Like, nobody's seen, nobody's seen that being the face of hip hop, you know what I'm saying, in time to come, man. So I, I guess the only thing that I can say is that I hope that the boom bag stays present. I think it will. I think we ain't never going to go nowhere because we're the foundation. And I just hope that real hip hop stays present and stays alive. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually have a, a, another another final question. Um, do you think it's time that we break hip hop down into genres like rock and roll? I spoke about this in a few different podcasts where, you know, rock and roll has different like subgenres. You got soft rock, hard rock. Is it time to start having this conversation for hip hop? I think I think it is. Um, it's just the only problem is where like a lot of people don't like being put in the category because there's certain type of music that is also in the same category that doesn't represent them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's boom bap music that's terrible. And then there's boom bap music that's amazing and incredible and the best. So then, so, so sometimes it's kind of like before, like you call it an MC underground and he, he'll get mad. Oh, I'm not underground. I'm more mainstream. I'm more commercial. My music is bigger than that. And it was like an insult at some point to be an underground and then there was a way before that where it was dope to be called underground because everything underground sounded dope. So that's the only thing where it gets kind of weird. I know on our show, on Shade 45, we don't play trap. We don't play mainstream. We don't play R&B. We don't play nothing but underground hip-hop, traditional hip-hop, boom bap. You know, we keep our sound like, you know, we keep, we keep the same sound every week so our listeners know what they're you know, they in for. Yeah, super fast. Give it up for terminology in the building. My guest here on Boom Bap Nation. All right, before we get out of here, shout out to social media real quick. And uh, what did they get listen to you on Shade 45? Yeah, man, check me out at Terminology SP on all social medias. I'm heavy on Twitter. I'm heavy on IG. You can catch me every Thursday from 7 to 9 p.m. with my brother Static Selector and Destroy on Show Off Radio. Serious accent. Super facts, and I'm there for some days. You catch me on Shade 45, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. on the Lord Sears special doing the drunk mix. And yes, I don't play none of that gay shit either. Let's go down right now. Boom, bad nation. The infamous Amadeus. I'm here. Let's get into this. Uh, let's get into some records right now off the uh, 1982. Uh, what joint you want to hear right now? Let's go into the pandemic. That's the one I got the video for. Okay, let, let's get into that record. Pandemic. The infamous Amadeus. I'll have a boom, bad nation. The infamous owl. We'll be right back.
What up, what up, what up? You know what it is. Your boy Style Speed of Ghost is going down right here at Shade 45 Series XM. And you are rocking with my family, the infamous Amadeus. And this is what we do. Stay tuned. Pay attention. Don't turn the station. Ghost. Back here on the Infamous Hour, I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Shout out to everyone who watches Boom Bap Radio every single Friday on Facebook, uh, Boom Bap Nation 2. The Infamous Amadeus and Miss Get Adam doing our live interactive stream. Uh, shout out to our guests uh, previously here on the Infamous Hour, Mozzie and Terminology, uh, both good friends of mine. Both have projects coming out and both have some dope conversation. Now, right, on, right now on the line, I have Massachusetts born but now residing in New Hampshire, Domination J on the line. What's up, brother? Uh, so uh, initially, uh, when I was um, organizing this infamous hour podcast um, on Fridays on Facebook, I was attempting to do something different and, and do like the top five drinks. But it, we ended up with this whole quarantine rollout plan that um, our government has, um, you know, laid out for the you know the citizens of the United States now. People in New York is a lot different, but you're in New Hampshire. Uh, what's the temperature in New Hampshire right now with the COVID nineteen situation? The temperature? Yeah, like like how's it going on? Is it, are, is it mask everywhere? Is everything shut down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere you go, like you know what I mean. Like everywhere you go, there's people with masks on. Mm-hmm. People like I don't know. I feel like they're overreacting because a mask ain't gonna do nothing. You know what I mean? Like a mask is like for the people that have it, that are infected with it, and have the disease you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i think the so con- I, I think the concept behind it in general um as far as the government is going and and doctors they kind of don't know where it's coming from so they're trying to make people yeah. um wear masks but but you would say that it's unnecessary correct right all right that's cool. because they say that you're more likely to end up with the coronavirus wearing the mask hmm that's an interesting concept. Um, I could see that. Which is interesting. I don't know too much about it, but that's what I like heard and like looked up. Yeah. Um, at this point, we kind of don't know how it spread, so I could kind of see if it's, if it's an airborne situation and you kind of breathed it in, in a sense, and then you have right. a, and then you have a mask on. You're just consistently breathing the same thing in, and um, this is a, a upper respiratory infection, so it affects your lungs and yada yada yada. Um, right. So, so as a musician, well, I've seen people. I've seen people with a mask on, and then with like a shield over their, like over their head. You know what I mean? Like on some Rikers like, Island geez. shit. Yeah, like some crazy shit. Um, <laughs> as a musician, they see in the movie. Yeah, as a, as a musician, um, obviously we all had shows and we had concerts and things. Um. How does promotion happen during this quarantine? Um, you find it easier to connect with people? Do you find it a little more difficult? Your thoughts on that? Mostly, like, Facebook, Instagram, Gmail. Like, I'm very interactive, like, on all that. Like, all these platforms, Spotify, all that. So, like, it's, like, nothing's really changed. You know what I mean? It's just made me grind harder. Mm, grind harder, more social media, more interaction. You know? um, I actually find it's just from, from a journalistic um, perspective, uh, on my end, I, I find it's a little easier um, now that everyone's home because, you know, people's schedules are open. And um, previously, yeah. we did the infamous hour. It was more video-based. 
So I would have to wait for someone to be available. But now that everyone is just ain't got shit to do, um, more people are available. Now, you're originally from um, Massachusetts. You live in New Hampshire now. What made you make the move between the states? Well, I just recently got married to uh, my wife now. Oh, round of applause. Mm-hmm. I make a big move and change my life with him. Yeah. Um, I started from like the very bottom. You know what I mean? Like getting involved with the wrong people, hanging around the wrong people, mm-hmm. just doing the wrong things. And um, just like one day I ran into this girl on Facebook and, and now she's my wife. Mm, super flavor. Now, you have an extensive resume um, of artists you have opened up for in shows. Can you just uh, go through the resume of people that you mingled with on stage? Well, one of the first ones that I had the uh, pleasure of opening up for was Inspector Deck of Wu-Tang, um, Bizarre from D12, King Gordy, Black Rob, Boondock, and Twisted. Uh, super flavor. Um, recently, you were featured on Jamming ninety four point five uh, interview with uh, radio personality Money Marv. I'll talk about that experience, uh, being able to go to the radio station and being able to promote your product on a national platform. That was like really like a really humble experience. Mm-hmm. Well, the Money Mav, like like I seen him doing like a like a whole bunch of things for like the Boston area, and um, it was just really dope, like a dope feeling being in there mm-hmm. for the first time. Um, what what is the hip hop scene in New England? I spent a lot of time in New England. I've been up there, uh, you know, a bunch of times. Now as a DJ, but previously, I was booking shows um, with, with a number of different companies, Shadow Spear, and you know, Mikey Baez, and just a bunch of different yeah. promoters up there. I was working with. Um, one thing that I always admired about New England, and I was always attracted to New England, is is that you know, for the people that don't live in this region or not too familiar with New England, New England is basically six states in the northeast part of America um, that essentially operate as one state. So, for example, you know, if you had a show in Rhode Island, you would literally have people that would drive down from New Hampshire and Massachusetts to go into the other state. As opposed to like here in New York, like if there's something like in Philly, we're not going to go, but there they operate that way. Do you find that this helps you as a hip hop artist being able to mingle in so many different states and everyone being supportive of each other? Oh, yeah, man. Like my whole album that's actually dropping in two days, 420, um, I got a bunch of features on there from all over. Like it's ridiculous. And it all happens like around this time. So. But coronavirus has helped me out a lot with this music shit. Like, real talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you are one of the artists that care about lyrics, um, care about bars. You're going to get the chance to go to Shave 45. Um, the people will hear this Sunday, but, you know, next week, the week after, you'll be on Shave 45. Um, how important is it to, to you to maintain a lyrical aspect of your career understanding that there may be pressure from terrestrial radio, which is FM radio, to sound like this auto-tune robotic wave? Like me, I'm a 90s baby, so I don't believe in that auto-tune shit. Mm-hmm. I just straight bars and, and rapping. That's it. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. Doing uh, the damn thing. Growing up in the 90s, the 90s was, was, a, was a remarkable time for those who missed the 90s. Uh, the sound was incredible. It was dominated by Wu-Tang and then later on by Queens. Yeah. And then finally in the 90s, we were left with the Rockefeller sound. If you could pick one sound that defines the 90s, in your opinion, which one would it be and why? It's got to be Tupac. Tupac, round of applause. It's got to be. 
for me, like my opinion, he's the best to ever touch the mic. You know what I mean? Like they ain't, he's just dope. Like there ain't a song that I haven't heard that hasn't touched me. You know what I mean? And inspired me to grind harder. Yeah, Tupac. I, I want to. When I list my top five MCs for people that are listening right now, if you listen to iHeartRadio, uh, when you, you can go back, I listed my top five MCs, and I always consider Tupac number one on my top five list. Um, number number two, yeah, number two for me is Nas, um, but Pac is always number one. His body of work and and, and etc. So uh, so so we have a project coming out uh, four twenty, which will be Monday. What's the name of this project? What type of vibe are we it's getting called, this project? It's called Ride the Wave. Ride the wave, and um, the whole it's all original songs, all original beats from uh, beat makers from like all over. I got beat makers from KC on there, Kansas City. Um, I got beat makers from Florida, from Mass, New York. Um, so, 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 when you're going through production, when you're scouting for production, uh, what type of beats are you looking for? Mainly, it's gonna be like some East Coast shit. You know what I mean? Like, like I grew up on a lot of like New York rap. So it's going to have that New York sound to it. Or I like a down south type beat, trap beat, mm-hmm. or anything, really. I can vibe out to, like, anything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, people ask me this question. Boom, bap, definitely. You're going to have that boom, bap. Yeah, um, people ask me this question all the time because I consider Pac my favorite MC, and you're one of the first people I've actually heard say the same. Um, being inspired by New York hip-hop, why is it that you feel that Pac is the best? You know, as opposed to like a right, New York right. artist, like instead of Hove or Biggie or what is it about Tupac in particular that gravitates towards him? It's just because I grew up on him, you know what I mean? Like he was like, I was introduced to him like before anybody else. So that's pretty much like the main reason I just like was introduced to him like before any other rapper, or any other artist. Mm-hmm. I actually learned... You know what I mean? um, if, if you watch my interview on 187 with Drewski, I explained what well, I think it was with Wookie. I forgot who I was talking to. Um, I explained that I learned how to rap by listening to Tupac because I used to take Tupac's rhymes and write them out. And that's how I learned how to formulate bars. It was easy with him because he had s- such a body of work, but his music was so poetic. It was easy to translate it um, on the paper. So, Domination Jay's on the line. Uh, we have this new record. It's called On the Line featuring King Polo. Let's talk about the record. The record it started out with me and my boy King Polo. We just um I bought the beat outright on our uh, beat stars. I just bought the beat randomly. I mean I liked it, I did it, we both did it. Went in the studio, which is at my crib and laid that shit down. We did the damn thing. That shit took like an hour and got it mixed the next day and boom, now it's out on all streaming platforms. All right, give it up for my guest Domination J. You're about to debut this record. On the line featuring King Polo, Domination J. A real quick shout out to social media real quick if they want to follow you. And one more time, make sure you plug in your um, new album coming out on 420. You can uh, check me out on Instagram, Domination J603, and Facebook, Domination J603. Holla at me. All right, and I'm the infamous I'm day is This is Boom Bap Nation Radio, the infamous hour, officially powered by iHeartRadio. It's going down, Domination J. This is a new record on the line featuring King Polo here on Live 89 FM. Yeah, 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 it's the Kush God Smoke Dizza. Shout out to my brother, the infamous Amadeus. You already know how we giving it up. In these clubs, in these nasty, mean streets, and in the corporate radio thing. Keep it live, really.
We're back live on the Infamous Hour. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Shout out to everyone who is consistently subscribed to iHeartRadio. The Infamous Hour available in over 120 million. That is correct. 120 million mobile devices and televisions. If you have an iHeartRadio application on your television, all you have to do is click the iHeartRadio app and search the infamous hour you can hear all these dope interviews and content that we bring it to the table shout to jeezy he was the guest on last week's show and, and this week we have mozzie and we have terminology out of the way of boston now on the line right now we have the dmv's own the empress herself jzl the empress in the building what's up girl less goody in the heavy i'm so good and happy to be here oh we're happy to have you here um First, very first thing when I, when I took a look at your um, EPK, I, I really enjoyed the, the bright colors and 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 the look of it. Um, was this purposely the, the way you constructed your one sheet? Definitely, um, I think it, it fits the personality and just the vibe that I go for. Just colorful, um, feeling good, and overall joy. I think colors represents all of that. Um, I, I'm looking at like the the little map thing that you have here. It looks like it's like a, a cross between like Mario Kart and like Candyland. The game is that was the theme that you were going for. <laughs> definitely, uh, Playboy has that kind of vibe within the record itself. It's definitely that game theme. You even hear some of the Mario Party influences in the song and in the beat. So definitely that playful vibe. Mm-hmm. So you're located in the DMV area right now. Obviously, a coronavirus, COVID-19, has taken across the country. Uh, what is it like in the DMV at, at this moment right now, and how are people uh, dealing with it? So I would definitely say it's, it's pretty quiet out here. Uh, the street traffic is pretty non-existent. Like, it used to take at least 30 minutes to an hour to get from anywhere between VA, DC, Maryland. Now you can get there in pretty solid 15 minutes. So people are pretty much staying at home. Um, I think that we'll start to see a lot more movement, though, in the upcoming weeks uh, based on what they're saying on the news. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely see. Um I find right now, and just in my opinion, um, and I asked my last, my last guest this, so I guess I'll ask you the same thing. Um, um, you know, so we, we had a lot of things lined up before the COVID-19 hit. We had shows, we had release parties, we had radio, um, and it kind of seemed like everything's at a standstill. But in a sense, it's almost like you can reach more people because everyone's home, because people don't have their schedule filled, and you can kind of get more things accomplished, at least from a journalist aspect. Now, from an artist perspective, um, is this still true that you are able to move the same kind of way, if not maybe even a little better because you can access more people? Or do you think the COVID-19 is kind of holding the progress back? Um, I would say I think it's a little bit of both. However, I see it as a really great opportunity to just kind of like take a step back and reflect on the kind of moves that you are making and kind of revitalizing everything, figuring out your actual strategy and whether you're really connecting with your fans and just like reviewing how all of your different like platforms are going. And so like for me, I've taken a look at my own like mental health. I've gotten back into like the creative space when it comes down to songwriting and also just getting out in nature. So all of this time has kind of helped me just explore more into my own art and connect. 
Mm-hmm. Um, last year, uh, you got the the chance to actually participate in New York's fashion. We talk about that experience of uh, being able to walk down the runway and you know explore, yeah. explore a different aspect of, of being an artist. A lot of people just think like being an artist is being this rapper or singer, but you know it's a brand. Mm-hmm. It's a brand. There's modeling. There's acting. So talk a little bit about the crossover and just your general experience at Fashion Week. Yeah, definitely. Um, fashion Week was crazy. It. I think that hip-hop and just music in general and being an artist there's so many things that overlap um especially when it does come down to self-expression so for me personally fashion um and just like you're saying that branding is a huge part of what i do so when i did hit the runway it was for uh, designer nicole miller and it was just incredible because i was able to kind of going there as a model but also as an artist so you know my I'm kind of known for my colorful uh cool fun hairstyles and so um I like have rainbow braids and whatnot so I hit the runway and then after that night I was just I blew up in all of these different um platforms like Vogue, L, Allure, USA Today, Essence like all of these different articles for top hairstyles for uh, 2019 and 2020. So it was really incredible to see um, people gravitate towards me and my style. And then for also to be celebrated on these different platforms. And, you know, my brand is all about staying anchored in your authentic self. Right. So to see that kind of thing happen, it really made me feel good. But it also made me happy to be able to represent um, not only just for myself, but all um, black women, people of color, and just people that are different and eccentric out there is that, you know, you do have a place and, um, you know, your style is trending even if you don't see it or even if it's not all the time, like, talked about and whatnot. So it was really cool. Yeah, uh, that is super amazing. Round of applause for that. Mm-hmm. Um, a- another amazing thing that happened to you this year... Uh, uh, 93.9 uh, put you in their top 30 under 30. Talk about that. Yes. I mean, you, you know, your major rate. Listen, I, you know, I work for a major radio, um, and it's not easy to get recognized by major radio by any means. Like, it's just, especially as an independent artist, it's not. So, um, how, how, did, how did you get on their radar? You know, how did that conversation happen? And, and talk about, like, the feeling of, you know, being rewarded in a sense by the station. Definitely. Um, top 30 under 30 was such a huge honor and a surprise also. Um, I do do a lot of work in the city. I have a business called Acmatic and, you know, we work with the youth as in Boys and Girls Clubs and DC Public Schools. And with that, it's all about teaching the youth how to become their highest selves and live to the highest degree through education, entertainment, and empowerment. So um, I, I network with a lot of different people in the city and a lot of the different um, power makers, and I also graduated from Howard University, HU. Hey. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah, I guess. Yeah, so um, there were some people in the station that had their ears to the streets, and you know, I was nominated, and then also um, awarded as a recipient for the honor um, for the work that I am doing in the community and just um, pushing that positive element. So I was really, really grateful for the opportunity. And, you know, while they came through, um, along with DJ Quicksilver, Danny Starr, um, the different people at the radio station to kind of celebrate me along with a number of other individuals. So it was a really great honor. 
Yeah, um, I think uh, America in in whole when they when they think of Washington D.C. and the surrounding areas, we think you know presidential. We think this, but but the riots that happened in Baltimore, um, I think it was like two years ago, whatever, painted a, a very different picture. And I think um, people got to understand um, what the inner city looked like for you know the, the kids and people under the poverty line. Um, how, how how important is it to to show the younger people? That you can, you know, be able to accomplish your dreams and your goals with productivity instead of having to, you know, go to the streets and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so important because, you know, you don't know what goes on at home or, you know, what, what these kids are really going through and what they're experiencing. And so to be that voice or for them to be able to see other um, representation around them of what you can do and what's actually possible. It's, it's so important. And I've found like when I do work with the youth and like we go over things like, okay, what do you visualize for your future? Like, what are some of your goals? What do you want to do? And, and I have these discussions with the kids. It's like their eyes light up um, because either they haven't really thought about it or they haven't really believed in themselves and had other people around them to, to push them to that point or to even motivate them in the direction that they actually desire to go in. So to be that voice and to be able to speak to that and people like anybody can do it. You know, it's, it's not just me. You don't have to have a business or a structure to this. It's like you can be sitting on a bus or on the metro and you see some kids and you talk to them. Just that real person to person, like kids are people too. They really understand what's going on. And um, I, I just think it's really important to be able to connect. And, and speak life into people, you know? Yeah. As someone that works in the community, um, do you find it that working with children um, affects the way that you record in a sense? I mean, we, we do live in a time now where women in general are super sexual on records and kind of seems like mm-hmm. this is just what women are doing. Um, but for yourself, I mean, and you're an adult, obviously, so you're able to do what you want. But, mm-hmm. but when you record... Are, do you kind of think about, you know, your work in the community with the kids? And does that dictate the process that when you're actually making music? Yeah, I, I do think about it. I actually made a decision um, some years ago when I decided to take just what I'm doing seriously and my songwriting seriously that I would I would consider everybody when making my music. And not to change my authenticity, but just, the the language that I'm using and the type of music that I'm making. Like, I really wanted to make records that not only my grandparents could love, but also my little cousins that they could dance to. And I, my goal is to be more of a universal artist. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to put myself in, in a box, whereas, you know, I don't have, like, the clean records, or it's like, you can only listen to this if you're, you know, older than, than 18 because of the language. And it's it actually helped in my songwriting process and in my um, communication because it, it expands more of your vocabulary. Like it helps you paint a, a sharper picture by using a more descriptive words and elements, you know, in the songwriting. And it's like, it's made my music more versatile, mm. you know, like I don't really limit myself in what I'm doing and it's yeah. easier than it sounds. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Good for you. Round of applause for you. Thank you. Um, so we have two mixtapes under the belt. We have an EP. Uh, what's next for JZL? What is next? I know we have this new record, Playboy. But besides Playboy, uh, what can we expect in the near future? 
Definitely. So um, currently working in the city with Uptown Sounds, um, Major Rank. We have a project coming out. It's called Jazzy Rich. I'm so excited for that project. Um, it'll actually be a 10-song, 10 10-video 10 project. And so that's what we're actually working on now, even with this COVID going on. It's given me more time and space to really get creative with it. Um, and it's like if anybody checks out my videos and, and more of my content online, um, I'm a creative director. I'm also an actress. So when it comes down to my visuals, it's not just a simple like rap videos. Like I like to create a story and to really offer an experience. You know, my, my mixtape series is the awesome experience of JZL. So even with Jazzy Rich, we're still staying with that same element of creating an experience, something that you can vibe to and something that you're excited to see in that is, um, you know, conversation already. That's definitely something to talk about. Yeah. Well, uh, here at the infamous our Boom Bat Nation, iHeartRadio, we would love to thank you for your work you're doing in the community. It's super important. We don't have that many people who actually work in the community, being a positive influence. Uh, JZL, the Empress, make sure you follow her, all social media platforms. Now, look, we're going to uh, debut this record. Shout the record out. Shout your social media out, where they can follow you, and, and all that good stuff. Definitely, y'all. I need you to stay anchored with me. We're all in the same voice, so we're all in the same boat. So join the crew, jzltheempress.com, jzltheempress, everything. And what we're about to hear right now is Playboy, my new record. <laughs> and I'm the infamous summer day. As you know, this is the infamous hour, Boom Bap Nation. iHeartRadio is going down. Let's get to Playboy by JZL, the Empress here on Live 89 FM. <laughs> 